Hey, I'm Kat Chaos. And I'm Liz Gomez, also known as Hazy. And you're listening to Scary Scary Encounters Encounters with Hazy Chaos, a podcast where we talk to some of our favorite bands and artists as they share scary encounters they've experienced and live to tell. Hi, I'm Jeff from Crude Inc., and you're listening to Scary Encounters with Hazy Chaos. All right, well, let's get started. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing great. We're a lot better now. Fantastic. Glad to hear it. Yeah. How have you been during this crazy pandemic? Um, it's been really wild. I'm, uh, I'm sure glad that I'm living with who I'm living with because I've got some friends who are, you know, living on their own, like actually solo throughout the whole quarantine process. And that sounds much, much tougher. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, congrats on that. Well, I live with my fantastic girlfriend, Jackie Zabrowski, and we've also got a couple of very cool roommates. It's a fan- great fit. Oh, we love her. Tell her we said hello. Yes, please. Will do. Yeah, she, she wanted me to say hello to you guys as well. Aw, she's such a sweetheart. Miss her for sure. You Miss guys, you too. You guys are such a good time. Yeah, it's been a while. I know. It's been like, oh, what is it, 30 years since we've been outside? <laughs> Something like that? Give or take. I'm losing track. Mm-hmm. Seriously, it feels like it. it's crazy. What's up with Crude Inc. nowadays? Uh, Crude Inc. has been, well, you know, since they closed down all of the conventions, it's been at kind of a simmer, but it's great. I've been doing a lot of extra designing and whatnot, and, you know, I'm going to have a whole lot of really fantastic new things to uh, bring out as soon as they open the world back up again. Dope. Tell the people a little bit about Crude Inc. What do you guys have to offer? Well, um, Crude Inc. started off as uh, uh, the project with me and my buddy Ian Castellanos where we made a spray paint and stencil artwork of horror movie characters. And we did everything from classic universal monsters to uh, newer slashers and sci-fi characters and things like that. And we also branched out into uh, serial killer shirts, which is a lot of fun. It's really good to like have something actually scary to be able to work with now, you know? Totally. Yeah. I saw those shirts. I love that. Um, what's your sign shirt? The Zodiac Killer? Oh, yeah. I love that one. That one's my favorite. Yeah, that one's super cool. Got to get me one of those. We're like oh, a huge two. Get me up fan. when this is over. I'll hook it up for you. Yes. Totally. Oh, my God. The one that cracked me up was Gay for Satan. <laughs> oh, yeah. We actually did that one in like a special um, glittery ink. Mm-hmm. So it would like shimmer in the light. And we uh, brought that one to RuPaul's DragCon oh, when shit. we first rolled that one out. Nice. What kind of attention did you get with that? It sold out the first day. Nice. <laughs> love it. Love it. Those yeah, the drags. drag queen community is really obsessed with horror and all things weird and spooky. It's fantastic. And glitter. Uh, and glitter, of course. Mm-hmm. That was a really smart design choice by you guys, for sure. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I also like your, um, I'm friends with Jeff shirt. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love it. Yeah. I don't know why yeah, we I don't first own made one. those ones. Oh, I'm sorry, what was that? I don't know why we don't own one. I feel like we're friends with you. <laughs> well, I, I keep doing, like, I, I keep printing up big batches of them and sending them out to everybody. I'll put you on the next list. Sweet, thanks. Score. Yeah, I first made those for my uh, 30th birthday party. And because 
you know, I wanted my 30th birthday to be just about as hedonistic and self-indulgent as possible. <laughs> so I made everyone wear shirts with my face on it. And I also had a Jeff costume contest <laughs> and had a couple dozen of my friends came in costume as me to the party. It was fantastic. Please tell me you have pictures of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's pictures of, like, people wearing these big fake beards and, like, American flag bandanas with, like, alien like alien tattoos that they sharpied on themselves. And everyone was very loud but also very polite. I thought it was a very flattering portrayal. Oh, man. <laughs> if uh, Hazy Chaos came dressed as you, I think we'd have to probably stand on each other's shoulders and I'd have to grow up my beard, but we should be good to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you have alien tattoos? Yeah, I've got two tattoo alien tattoos. Dope. Uh, one is an alien with a halo over its head, and the other one is an alien with devil horns. Oh my god, I love it. I saw them in a dream where I was at this party where I didn't know anyone, and then I made friends with a girl with pink hair who had those tattoos on her knees. And when I woke up, I knew I had to go get the tattoos. I got them by the end of the week. Wow. Nice. Where did you get them done? On your knees? Uh, no, I oh, got okay. them done on the back of my arms just because I think the girl in my dream was tougher than I was, uh, and I'm afraid to get a tattoo on my kneecap. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That yeah. shit would hurt. Dang, I want to see those tattoos. Do you mind sending us a picture later? Absolutely. I actually got them done by my buddy David Castellanos, who's uh, Ian's brother. He's an incredible artist, and he actually mostly does um, like anime and comic book scene tattoos. He's really amazing stuff. Awesome. Nice. Uh, does he work at a shop or? Yes, he's got a shop out in, oh, I think it's Banning. Yeah, he's got a shop out there uh, called uh, Lovecraft Studio. And really amazing stuff. And I'll uh, get you the link for it so you can include it in the show notes or whatever. It's really, really great stuff. Dope. Can't wait to check that out for sure. I've been craving a tattoo. Oh, my God. Nobody's booking right now, though. I think they're starting to, though. Yeah, I think like I think some places are opening. They're like, you know, doing like shorter tattoo sessions, and everyone's yeah. got to get like temperature checked at the door. So they're all staying safe. But I know that he's kind of like taking a backseat on that, and he's doing more design stuff as well because you know he doesn't want to risk getting sick because he's got a family and all that. But everyone's getting through it slowly but surely. Yep, exactly. Have you ever? I'm going to get right into it. Have you ever had, have you ever seen an alien or a UFO or been abducted? I don't think I've seen an alien or a UFO. No. Even though I really, really, really want one. <laughs> I know. Same here. I really do. My mom says I'm crazy and that I'm going to regret it when it does happen. But I don't know. I kind of <laughs> think I'll be really stoked. I'm like, careful. The law of attraction works. See, I really hope it does. But um, <laughs> see, I... So I grew up with my mother, who is uh, very steeped in the paranormal and very steeped in the occult. And I think it's because of her that I haven't seen any of them. Really? Because she did a lot of, like, protection spells and cleansing throughout my whole childhood. So our, there was always sage burning in the house and all sorts of other things to make sure that, you know, bad spirits didn't come and mess with her family. Wow, that's super interesting. I know. I really would like to, like, I should have been paying more attention when I was younger because I feel like we could use a lot more, like, cleansing and protection on, like, a large scale right now. But oh, for sure. What, um, did you live in California or? Yeah, we lived in California. I've lived in California my whole life. Okay. Um, and we lived in Southern California up until, like, 
high school and then I went to high school in the Bay Area and then moved down here in my late teens and I've been in Southern California ever since. Nice. Okay. Cool. Was she more of a, like a white witch then, I guess you can say, a healing type of witch? Or? I, I guess white witch would probably be the right terminology because, like, she never did anything that was, like, like a bad spell to, like, hurt other people. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting, like, when you're a kid. Like, I imagine a lot of people who grew up with, like, regular Christian parents, they get told to, like, not take the Lord's name in vain and to, like, not swear and stuff when you're a kid. But my mom was very adamant about us not doing um, specifically superstitious things that might, like, return back to you because there's, um, I think it's, like, the threefold mm -hmm. um, rule is, like, if you, whatever you put out in the universe returns to you threefold. And if you do any kind of, like, negative spell to, like, harm another person, that's going to come back and bite you. Wow, what a great way to be taught as a kid, though. That'll scare the shit out of you, huh? <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, I always kept my nose clean. <laughs> yeah, you did. My goodness. So what type of, did you ever experience anything? I mean, it doesn't sound kind of, it sounds kind of interesting more than scary, but did you ever experience anything scary living there? The one thing that I remember specifically where I know that I saw something that can't be explained was when I was very, very little. This was while we were still, I think I was like 11 or something like that. And I was sleeping in my bedroom, and I know that I built like a fort in the middle of my bedroom, so I wasn't sleeping on my bed. And I was laying on the floor looking at the window, which was opposite. And it was black outside, and I saw what was, it looked like a, like a man's shape, but made out of like, like gas or smoke it was totally translucent and you could see through it but there was no like malevolent energy to it either it was like it was like spotting a guy on the street waiting for the bus you know hmm. wow it was a totally benign spirit that just happened to be around the house you know did you feel any so you didn't feel any type of negative energy or any you didn't feel any fear kind of or no and I think I really got to attribute a lot of that to like the way my mother raised us because she was always very adamant that there's spirits in the world and by like most people are generally good and most spirits are generally good and like you said if you treat people well people are going to treat you nicely or if you aren't doing something to like disrespect or upset spirits then they're probably not going to have any beef with you either mm -hmm. it's so true i feel like kids nowadays i wish their mothers were white witches because they need to hear this <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> wow that's really interesting you, well she did a great job you're very well-mannered and very kind Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I'll tell her that you guys complimented her handiwork. Please do. Please do. And you know what? I, when you said that, you said it was he or the, or the figure was outside of your window? Yeah. But see? it was, I know for sure that it was outside my window, but I could still see the fence behind it as it passed by. It was very strange. Hmm. Maybe it was some type of bad energy. But it was outside because it wasn't allowed in with all your mom's 
you know, protection spells and such. I mean, that uh, that had occurred to me, too. Like, if perhaps it was something that was malevolent, but couldn't get in. Because, exactly. you know, my mom had a lot of things that, like, when I was younger, like, we just called superstitions. But now I recognize we're, like, part of her, like, array of spells and rituals that she would do to make sure that, you know, her family was safe. Wow. What, what type of... Um you know, superstitions did she have? Um, so one of the things that was really common was, uh, like, cleansing the house with sage. Uh, her father was Native American, so that was a big part of, like, his life as well, and she got that from him. So she'd go around the house, and she would cleanse with sage, and she would she would sort of just speak to the house and ask for, the, you know, the house to take care of us and the house to, like, bless us and to like look upon us in a good light and I mean it's weird like as a kid I never thought much of it like this is just my mom doing what my mom does but now that I'm older I see that there is a lot more energy and power to it you know more significance you were just a kid though you didn't you didn't really understand the concept you know <laughs> yeah I mean it was so it's kind of funny like at a certain point, you realize that, like, your mom is doing something that other people's moms aren't doing when she, when you've got a couple, like, I had a couple of friends over on Halloween one night, and we were just, like, you know, punk, goth, like, 14-year-olds, <laughs> and then my mom needed my help setting up a fire in the backyard because she does a ritual on Halloween night with a sword and a wand, and she offers whiskey and bread to the spirits of the earth and you know definitely that made an impact with my friends that's when i realized my mom was doing something out of the ordinary really no i wish i was your friend in high school i'd be over there too i mean it was <laughs> i mean it was all the same angsty teen bullshit that everybody else goes through it's just also my mom was a witch so <laughs> wow so wow did you ever stick around for those halloween rituals or Oh, yeah. Uh, like, she needed, like, four people, one at each of the, like, the northeast, south, and west. And I don't remember what our lines were, but there were specific things that we were supposed to say in order, in order to, like, show her uh, deference and respect for the spirits, you know? Wow. That is so interesting. And did anything ever, I don't want to say happen, but did anything ever happen during those rituals or is it just kind of an energy thing? It was definitely just kind of like an energy thing. Like, have you ever been, um, have you ever been in an area where like it's going to rain, but it hasn't yet. And there's just like that sudden chill and cold that takes over an area. Okay. It feels like that. And it feels like it's totally separate from the regular weather and what you're expecting. It just, it's, it's a, it's an energy that shifts in that sort of area. It's very interesting, very bizarre. Yeah, that sounds very powerful. Wow, does she still do them till this day? I believe she still does. Um, I mean, obviously I don't live with her anymore and since I've gotten older, I find, you know, more fun things to do on Halloween than hang out with my parents, but I believe she still does them every year. Well, well shit, what else do you have to do? There's a, a wand, a sword, you said, whiskey? Bread. Yeah. Yeah, Dude. she's got a sword, um, and the wand is this, like, 
old piece. It's like a long, gnarled piece of wood. It's about four feet tall, uh, four feet tall with a uh, crystal embedded in the top of it. Wow. It, it looks like something out of Harry Potter. It is the most like typically magic-y thing she uses, but it's, nice. I mean, she's had it like her whole life. That's her thing. Have you ever asked her where she got that? I'm certain I did at one point, and I know when she was much younger, she was uh, like a lot more, uh, a lot closer with like other magical people, other people who were like invested in the occult. And I know that she was taught when she was in her 20s and 30s. I believe she got it then, which means that, oh, goodness, by the time I saw that Halloween ritual, she probably had it for like 20 years at that point. Wow. Crazy. Has she ever told you any stories about maybe rituals gone wrong or something like that? She hasn't told me any stories about rituals gone wrong, but she has told me her own really, really bizarre um, ghost encounter from when she was a little girl. Oh. Uh, When she was in her, I think she was like, she told me she was around like 10 or something like that. And she had an imaginary friend like a lot of people do. And I'm certain you already see where this is kind of going. <laughs> but she had an American friend who was an, uh, like an adult woman named Marie. And she, you know, knew, like hung out with this magic friend for a long time. And then when she got into her teens, stopped seeing her. And then when she was in her like late teens, she was helping her grandmother um, do some like cleaning in the garage and move something around. And she was going through a box of picture frames, and there was a picture of a woman. And she said to her grandmother, that's Marie. And her grandmother slapped her, like completely involuntarily, just reacted out of emotion. And she finds out that that was her grandmother's mom, Mary, who passed before my mother was born. Oh, wow. And to to this day, my mother swears absolutely unequivocally that that was the woman she spoke to when she was a little girl. Now, oh goodness, did she ever share what they would talk about or was it just kind of small talk or? Um, I think it was just like, like sweet, um, uh, like imaginary friend stuff. Like that, like it was just a, 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 a playmate, essentially. So she was like, even then, like my mom was still just hanging out with positive spirits, you know? Wow. So she's been gifted since a very young age. How does your, how does your dad react? Does he uh, take part in the rituals or does he kind of just like, you know, what's interesting is that my dad is, my dad was completely agnostic about the whole thing. And I guess I kind of am too, because even though I've like, seen all of these things my mom has done and I know that I have experienced things like there's still part of me that wants proof and that's where my dad came from as well so he was completely respectful for the way that my mom went about her beliefs and when she conducted her rituals and needed to like do cleansings of the house and we had to do a ritual before we moved out of one house and into a new house and things like that um, he was always completely respectful, completely patient, but I don't believe he ever really had faith in it, you know, hmm. which is interesting. Cause like, I mean, uh, like I grew up in the same house and I could see the same, um, just inexplicable things happen. And I don't know, it's, even though you see it, it's hard to like 
really wrap your mind around what you're seeing, you know? Wow. Well, at least he was respectful about it and supportive for the most part. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I've seen plenty of movies where the husband is so against whatever the wife believes in. And, you know, like, has your mom ever seen, like, any type of witch movies and she, like, kind of laughs at him, like... (laughs) Yeah, right. Doesn't doesn't happen like that, or you know, like shit like that. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like what? No, movies? it was really funny because, like, when I was a kid, I knew that witches were a thing, and I knew that my mom was a witch. And when you're really little, like, you watch Hocus Pocus, and you're like, okay, witches can fly on broom. <laughs> and I never really put it together, like, why can't my mom fly on a broom? <laughs> and I know <laughs> when I was little, I definitely like asked about those things. I was like, why can't I fly in the broom. Why don't I have a talking cat? And she, <laughs> she was very respectfully, but patiently told me like, that's not how this kind of witchcraft works. That's, I mean, you could still watch Hocus Pocus if you want to see a talking cat, but I can't get you that for your birthday. Oh my gosh. That's like more Hollywood, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was doing some research before our phone call just about, you know, what we were. We were looking up, like, witchcraft from back in the day and, like, modern-day witchcraft and shit like that. And I saw some um, facts about the craft, the movie The Craft, and how they hired, like, real witches, like, for the the ritual spells and to get it more on point. Has she ever seen Mm -hmm. that movie? Oh, absolutely. What is I mean, she... actually, like, other than, you know, Ferruja Ball having telekinesis, the mm. movie's a really fair portrayal of how, like, modern paganism works. It's a lot of, um, like, you know, reciting spells and research and research and research. And, like, the reason they call, you know, uh, call it, like, practicing witchcraft is because it is a thing that you sort of do all the time. The rituals are one big thing that you do to achieve a purpose, but the rest of the time you are practicing witchcraft and doing, um, the, and like doing the mindset of witchcraft all the time. Hmm. And you said she would do the protection spells. I, I pictured Nancy Downs or I mean, I'm sorry, not Nancy. They were doing a protection spell against her. Remember that? Yes, so she when they did the binding. Yeah, the binding. There we go. Mm-hmm. No, my mother's absolutely done binding spells. In fact, I just remembered this. There was one time, so I told you when we moved to another house, right? Um, we When we were children, we lived in one house, and we had a very bad year in that town. Like, I think that, like, my dad lost his job. Like, he got laid off from his company during that year, and I think... Someone may have had health issues. I was very young when this happened, but it was a very bad year in that house. And when we moved, my mother actually did a binding on the house and any possible negative energy that was in that house. And I don't remember what exactly went into it, but I remember that on the day that we moved, there was this bundle wrapped in dried leaves and tied with twine. Mm -hmm. And she lit it on fire and it was on the porch of the house right and everything else was gone and we're all ready to go and she lit it on fire and we had to wait until that bundle was completely burned to ash before we were allowed to leave and that ritual was to find the negative spirits the negative energies from that house to that house and not be able to follow us wow did it work i believe it worked 
I mean, we didn't have those pro- problems again. Wow, so interesting. I want to meet your mom. It, she's got a lot of fascinating stories, a lot of really cool stuff like that. You know, in my in my interest in paganism and witchcraft throughout my life, I don't have nearly the stories that she does. She was very into it for a very long time. Is she willing to talk about it still, or is she kind of private? What's that? Is she willing to talk about stories and share stories, or is she kind of more private about it? Um, she doesn't want to, she doesn't like bring it up to everyone that she speaks with because I mean, you got to keep in mind when she was practicing this stuff and learning about this stuff was like the eighties and the nineties. And there was still a very serious satanic panic in this country during that time. And people would know that she was witchy and they would, essentially assumed that my parents were Satanists and abusing us, you know? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, we def they definitely had to deal with a number of, um, like, na- like, nosy neighbors accusing them of being, you know, heretics. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really sad. People often just, you know, tie witchcraft with, satanism no matter what when really they don't you know that's why i asked in the beginning is she more of a white witch because you know there's different types and people don't understand that different practices yeah different practices and you know some witches do worship satan and you know some don't it's more of a it's just a total different absolutely and it's just sad how they get um just classified i guess as satanists yeah and it's honestly it's really bad uh, branding is what it is because most witches don't worship the devil and most people who call themselves Satanists also don't worship the devil the very few people who think the devil is real are usually Christian mm, exactly like, most witches don't think the devil exists and you're not going to put all of your energy into worshiping someone you don't think is there <laughs> Exactly. That it's that's so true. It's more of an energy and you know. Energy yeah, thing. and even like contemporary Satanists, um, they don't think that the devil is real evil. Like the Satanic Church and the Satanic Temple, those guys who uh, got that like statue of Baphomet put up in front of the courthouse, like those guys don't think the devil is real either. They just believe in this in Satan as a symbol to. Uh, personify their mission against conformity and control. That's interesting. Tell me more. Tell me more about your thoughts on that. Oh, oh, so um, I don't consider myself a Satanist, but I was definitely very interested in the Church of Satan for a long time. And uh, the Church of Satan was started by Anton LaVey back in 1966. And it was sort of, it was a a reactionary religion that was anti-Christian but did not actually worship the devil because those Satanists were atheists. They don't believe in any god. And they used the symbol of Satan to be uh, their figurehead because they wanted to be anti the Christian right. The Christian right that tells women what to do with their bodies, the Christian right that 
says that uh, like marriage is only between a man and a woman, the Christian right that tells you that you have to fit into exactly this box and exactly the way they want you to, or you're cursed to eternal damnation. Yeah, it sounds like all the uh, men written parts. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the uh, like contemporary Satanists, they don't believe in the devil any more than my mom does. They all just want to get along and do their own thing. <laughs> And you know what? It doesn't sound like a bad time. Can we all just get along, accept everybody? Just, you know what I mean? It's just, I'm not saying, I'm not a Satanist. It's just, I just don't understand all the judgmental people in the world. And you can't love, you can't love that person. They're the same sex as you were. Oh, you can't love them. They don't believe in what you believe in. It's just crazy to me. It's, I've never understood it ever since I was a kid. It's all just, it's all absolute craziness. The rules made up 2,000 years ago that for some reason people still think need to apply to how we live our life nowadays. It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Very true. It really doesn't. Wow. Yeah. And like, I don't have any problem with like individual Christians who are able to like use the Bible for the like, good teachings to allow them to like treat people better but once you start looking at it and you decide that that old book is telling you to treat people worse like you know that's where i've got a problem with it <laughs> yeah it's time to reevaluate mm-hmm. you know who's never telling you to uh treat people worse the devil the devil is just trying to get you to have a good time oh shit party on <laughs> <laughs> oh man so so when Okay, let me ask you this. So when Satanists do sacrifices and stuff, sacrifice babies and sacrifice, you know, whatever. Animals. Animals or we were, like I said, we were watching shit before this phone call. How do you feel about that? You're saying, you know, is it just kind of a, a gimmick or what do you think? Well, the thing is, is that there really aren't nearly as many, um, Satanists who are doing sacrifices as anyone would like you to believe. Yeah, that was more of the like, satanic panic uh, thing, right? Like, oh, yeah. Like yeah. back during the 80s when everyone was convinced that Dungeons and Dragons was going to make our children into devil worshippers, <laughs> a whole lot of crazy stuff got spewed on the news about what, uh, what was a devil worshipper and what devil worshippers were up to. And like if you look at like the two big groups of Satanists right now are the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan. Neither of them in any way condone doing any kind of sacrifice. They believe that if you're going to do any kind of rituals, you're not supposed to harm anyone else. And in their like key books of teaching, they say unequivocally that it is wrong for you to harm another individual who isn't actively trying to harm you. Really? I've never yeah. really done research on any of that, but I did not know that they literally say that. Yeah, it's, uh, oh man, there's a lot of fascinating stuff. If you were to take a look at the Satanic Bible, which was written by Anton LaVey back in the 60s, um, <clears throat> he says very, very unequivocally, like, don't, um, like, leave people alone unless they're trying to mess with you. Don't make unwanted advances at women unless they're giving you the signal. Don't hurt children. Don't hurt small animals. Leave people the hell alone, and they'll leave you alone. That is like the number one tenet of being a modern Satanist. 
Oh my God. I feel like that should be the rules to just being a human being. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Yeah. Like we're all taught the golden rule when we're children, but for some reason between childhood and adulthood, a lot of people get it into their heads that they should start telling other people how to live their life. And that's unacceptable. It really, really is. Wow. I've never, ever done research on any of, you know, the, what'd you say it was called? I'm sorry. Uh, the Satanic Bible, Satanic uh, Bible, written by Anton LaVey. I actually have a copy. I'd be happy to send it over to you guys. Wow. And, and you've read it front to back? Oh, of course. Wow. All right. And, that, <laughs> and so you're the, let's see, the um, outcome of someone who has read the sa- Satanic Bible from front to back, huh? That's pretty good. Uh, you know, and not to toot my own horn or anything, but I feel like I'm definitely a better person because I don't think that I'm allowed to tell other people how to live their life. I think most people should stop telling other people how to live their life, you know? Agreed. I think that that's my, just mind your business. Yeah. Fucking mind your business, <laughs> wash your hands and wear a mask. Yeah. Mind your business, <laughs> wash your hands, leave the women and children alone. Don't that's- don't be a Karen. Oh, yeah, shit. don't be a Karen. Satanism is the least Karen religion, you know? <laughs> Dude, that sounds like a fucking dope shirt design. Right? <laughs> I think you need to do it. <laughs> All right, I'll work on it. You guys will get the first draft. Oh, my God. Just bold-ass letters across the front. That'd be dope. I think that should I be I love sad. it. Yeah, don't be a Karen. Hail Satan. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't say that, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and jackie is she is her are her beliefs kind of the same as yours she seems like a dope person too you know she's not um super uh, like magically leaning she's not religious at all she grew up in the church which is a great way to make sure you don't stay in the church um so she's not religious at all but she's definitely very sensitive to a lot of um like mystical and occult and spiritual leaning Mm, okay. She kind of steers clear of them or? Well, she's, she's very respectful of them okay. and she definitely sees herself as a spiritual person, but she doesn't actively practice any of them. Okay. Okay. okay I respect that. That's cool. So, uh, kind of going back to our earlier conversation, uh, you said that you had siblings. Um, do they have any stories that, you know, they've shared with you over the years as far as like, if they've seen anything, you know, living with, yourself and your mom Mm. let me think i'm trying to remember because i know that my older brother was very adamant that he never saw ghosts when he was a kid but i know that my little brother was a lot more sensitive i think that kids are a lot more sensitive to that sort of energy than adults you know what i mean yeah a little more innocent and yeah and my little brother definitely talked more about seeing things that weren't explicable and i don't know if as an adult he'd qualify any of those things as ghosts but i definitely know that as children he was definitely seeing things more often than i was he was definitely like a little more sensitive yeah absolutely wow yeah um i didn't really see anything growing up i think it all started happening once i got a little older and like i remember being like man why can't i ever see anything I would love to see something. And next thing you know, you know, uh, the law of attraction kicked my ass. And then I saw some shit. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I really want to, like, I want to see an alien. I want to get abducted. 
<laughs> I want to run into Bigfoot in the woods. Trying to get pro. I want to like run into a chupacabra while I'm driving through the desert. I want all of it. I want a little bit of all of the crazy stuff out there. I actually own a half chupacabra, half Labrador. So adorable. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, how that's so cute. His name is Sammy. <laughs> Definitely. That not. sounds adorable. <laughs> you know what, though? My uncle owns a ranch up north in Fresno. Oh, this one's good. And he, dude, I remember my cousin used to take me to his ranch when I was a kid and we used to drive the tractors and shit. And one time I saw the, the skeleton of some weird creature he had hanging up like where he, um, I don't even, where he picks the crops. He has like a little shed and he had the uh-huh. skeleton of some odd creature hanging and it always freaked me Ooh. out. And one day I asked, what the hell? Is, I didn't oh, I didn't ask so what the weird. hell is that, but I, I asked, what is that? And he swears that it's a chupacabra and he caught ah. it. He caught it on his ranch and or, or he found the bones on the ranch and it was still all intact. But it was some type of the creature was like when you when you Google a chupacabra, you see that the legs are, are are they longer in the back or shorter in the back? I can't remember. I remember seeing, like, all the pictures of chupacabras I've seen have had, like, really long legs, like, legs longer than the rest of their body in the back, and then, like, stubby little arms, sort of like a skinny T-Rex, you exactly, know? Exactly, there we go, but in, like, kind of a dog weird, weird form. Yeah, and yeah, And that's yeah, yeah. exactly what it looks like. I'm going to have to go visit oh, him. Oh, how weird. Yeah, and uh, until this day. He swears that it is one, that they do exist, that people say they're a myth, but he swears that that's it. And he has the bones to prove it and this and that. I'm going to have to go visit him and take a picture of that. He's oh, probably, my God. You've got to send me that picture of the chupacabra bones. For sure. For sure. He's probably oh, confusing it. Awesome. He's probably confusing it with Jeepers Creepers. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. I just saw Jeepers Creepers for the first time the other night. I don't know how I missed that one. Right. That's a, a pretty, I don't know. I'm like a little torn because it's, it, it's it, a classic. It's it, an early 2000s horror classic. It is. But the director is a, a bad man. So. Yep. And I didn't even know about the director until after I saw it. Like I just saw it on like Netflix or something and I watched it. And I was like, oh, this is that was really fun. And then I looked it up and I saw all the news about it. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Did it make you <sighs> feel some type of way? Oh, they're in a bad type of way. Right. It makes you not Mm -hmm. want to like the film, but you can't help it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I just feel like the concept of that, that, and if you, if you rewatch it again, after knowing who he was, you'll notice little things like the part where the Jeepers Creepers, it has both the brother and the sister in his arms and he throws the sister like, nah, I don't want you and keeps the brother. It's kind of like, like Ooh. he wants the little brother. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of weird knowing the background of the story. Oh no! Yeah, it's crazy watching the you know the how do you say it? Um, oh, Jeepers Creepers explained, and then watching it again, you'll you'll realize some shit. It's crazy. Oh man. See, and now we're back to the serial killer conversation. The real-life monsters are much, much scarier than any of the ghosts or the cryptids. It's Very so true. true. It's so true. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Man, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. There's just a lot going on right now. and Man, oh, it, yeah. it just has me, like, super paranoid. Like, we watch all this true crime stuff, and I'm constantly listening to true crime podcasts. And, you know, it's just 
you know, I like staying aware and um, mm-hmm. it, it helps me stay cautious. But at the same time, yeah, it's just like I'm, re- I'm so scared to leave my house sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, I understand. It's super Like crazy. we were just watching, like we watched a little bit of um, I'll Be Gone to the Dark. And that is absolutely horrifying. Hmm. I haven't heard of that. What is that about? Ooh, you don't know about this one yet? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, it, it's a little documentary series that just came out on HBO about the uh, Golden State Killer. Sweet. Oh, okay. I know about the Golden State Killer. I just, I don't, I guess I haven't seen that documentary. It's, it's a really amazing documentary. It's um, like true crime journalist turned uh, amateur uh, investigator, Michelle McNamara. Oh, um, that's is, on HBO, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I've been meaning to watch that. That's what the, that's it's, Pat. It's Pat. so good. It's so heart-wrenching. Really, really amazing documentary. You got to watch it. Definitely. I've been sleeping on that one. I got to hurry up. Did you see, um, what did they, The Most Hated Woman in America? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Did you see that one, Jeff? No, I don't think I have. What's that one about? Oh my God, you'll love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually, you're right. Uh, It's a really good movie about a woman um, that she kind of tried to bring up being atheist. So she's... The one that kind of got it started, and she's oh she's my one goodness. that helped. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she was like the head of like the American atheist. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, and I think she did. She what did she do? <laughs> well, she, well, she disappeared, did, right? Well, she wanted to to separate religion from schools. So basically, yeah. she was dropping her her son off at school one day, and she was a an, an atheist, and she was proud, you know. And she was dropping her son off and they were doing the Pledge of Allegiance and said under God. And she was like, wait a minute. No, my son's not going to say that. Like, he doesn't believe in that. And and since that day, she was like, I'm going to fight to get that out of the schools. Like, why should you force these kids to say that when you don't know what they practice at home? You know what I mean? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So she, um, so she, yeah, she was the head of the, what'd you say, the American mm-hmm. Atheist um, Association, mm-hmm. I want to say? And um, she was a trip, but you know what? She had really, all her points were very, they were, ju- they just made sense to me, you know, like, Oh yeah. I mean, all of her, uh, everything she said was very um, just pragmatic and like real, like just fair. If this is supposed to be a secular nation, you know? Yeah, it was totally fair. And I, and I've always wondered like, what if you have, you know, a little, an, an atheist kid or, you know, um, Buddhist or whatever, and they're Jewish, Jewish, and they're being forced to say that when that's not what they practice at home. It's almost like it's just so disrespectful. I, you know, and it's it's forcing your beliefs on somebody else. And then when yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Forcing other people to like believe and practice beliefs that they that aren't theirs is, I mean, it's messed up and it's un-American. Dude, right? Like, doesn't being an American mean that we have rights? The right, the right to believe in what you want to believe in, the right to practice what you want to practice, the right to love who you want to love. You know, you want to pray to somebody, pray to whoever you want. You want to not pray, then don't pray, dude. Like, you know what I practice? I practice trying to be a better person today than I was yesterday, every day. I believe in respecting others and understanding that not everyone will agree with me in my opinions, and that's okay. I don't know. I respect all religions. I respect all beliefs. 
Because who am I to judge you, dude? Like, you do you, you know? Sure. They're allowed to believe whatever they want to believe, but yeah. I'm allowed to believe whatever I want to believe, and I can't... Uh, they, they're they not allowed to make me, like, pray to God any more than I'm allowed to make them worship Satan, you know? Exactly, exactly. But you definitely need to watch that movie. You'll love it. it I'll it, check it out. It ends pretty sad, but, I mean, if you don't know... And then... It goes back to true crime, so... Yeah, it goes... Yeah, yeah, didn't... If I remember correctly, didn't something bad happen to her and they yeah. never solved it? Well, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Spoiler alert. Everyone go go back 15 seconds. We don't want to hear about the end. Or go forward about mm, 30 seconds. Go time. So Yeah, I, perfect. I think she hired, like, an, an ex-con to be her accountant or something like that. He was handling money for her and... Uh, she ended up firing him, um, and she kind of humiliated him publicly or something. It was a, like at a right? Christmas party, or, yeah. You know, according to the movie, yeah. And um, so he ended up kind of coming back and kidnapping him or her, her son and her niece as and, revenge. Oh as revenge, yeah. Not just as revenge, but because he knew that she had a lot of money because of all the donations people are sending in, and you know they support her cause and what she's trying to do here. So um, he ended up kidnapping her to try to get you know money out of her and um mm -hmm. yeah they ended up having to, to murder her well they didn't have to murder her obviously but well yeah you know but you don't have to murder yeah. her <laughs> well well per the movie i'm not sure how accurate it was but there was him and then i think two other guys and the the niece was younger i believe she was about 28 maybe i don't remember but and she, was, she was i think she was um she was sexually assaulted by one of the men. That's right. And during the assault, he killed her because she was kind of trying to get away and he killed the, the niece. And the, um, the, what's her name? I feel terrible for not knowing her name. I can't oh remember. My goodness. But the, the main woman, she comes out and sees it and then they, they kill her too because she saw it and they don't know what to do. And, you know, but it, but they ended up, um, finding them and they were charged. And per her request, they had no, you know, prayer or any type of typical funeral, you know, session for her. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like, okay, I died and that's it. And I think on her on her tombstone, she wanted it to say, what was it? Um, woman, feminist and atheist or something like that. Some Not mother and daughter or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know how they usually have it, but... Right, 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 right. Yeah, and her name is a uh, Madeline Marie O'Hare's. There we go. No, wait, Madeline Marie O'Hare. That was it. Yes, yes, it was. And then, so once we were done with the movie, we realized there was a forensic file episode on it too. So that was Ooh. way more informative. And you know, we believe that a lot more than the movie because Hollywood sometimes gets a little out of hand. But yeah, after you watch the movie, look up the forensic file episode. I forget what episode it is, but I'm sure if you just Google her name, it pops right up. It's really mm -hmm. interesting. Really interesting. Mm -hmm. That sounds fascinating. I got to look that up. Yeah, I knew that she was killed, but I didn't know about any of that. That's just horrifying. It's really sad. It's pretty crazy. And who knows what oh, could man. have happened if she was still here. I don't know. But everybody hated her guts. And then her kid... Oh, I'm, I don't want to spoil it again. Well, it's fine. Okay. It's, it's been out for a while. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. You're right. Yeah. So her, her son, who she was trying to, you know, protect him in school, and oh, he's an atheist too. He be, When he grew up, he became some like crazy Christian man and super against her and would laugh at her. And the niece that was killed with her was actually his daughter. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty it's it's pretty intense. It's really good. You guys need to watch it. It's super sure. sad. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to add that to the list. Mm -hmm. There's so many serial killer shit out right now. Oh, so much. Too much. <laughs> Is there another one that you recommend, Jeff? Oh, for uh, a true crime true movie crime, or anything like crime, that? Yeah. You know, I just watched a true crime film the other day uh, called The Golden Gloves. Have you heard about this? No. No. Um, so it's about this. It's a German film about a uh, German serial killer named, um, oh, I think it's like uh, like Fra uh, Franz Hanke or something like, or Honk or something like that. Okay. And he was a truly depraved serial killer in Germany back in the 70s. And he did, it, like the way that he killed people wasn't like exceptionally like over the top. He wasn't like Jeffrey Dahmer or anything like that. The thing that like really set him apart from other people was that he was a truly degenerate alcoholic who lived in filth and squalor in this like attic apartment he rented. And he had corpses of women that he'd brought back to his home and killed stuffed in the walls for years. Wow. <laughs> so the whole building just like just reeked of decay and death, but no one looked into it. No one noticed what was going on because he was a degenerate alcoholic and no one wanted to check in on him. And because he lived in like a poorer neighborhood and no one wanted to look into it. Wow. How did he get and, caught? Well, he got caught in the movie. I don't know if this is like, uh, it, it actually reflects reality, but in the movie he got caught because his downstairs neighbors were cooking and there was a grease fire in their oven that caught the wall on fire. So when the fire department came in to go put it out, that's when they discovered fire damage in his apartment, and that's when they found out about it. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. What kind and, of sentence did he get? Oh, he got the, the, the heaviest sentence that Germany's allowed to throw at them. It, it was great. Holy but uh, the movie ends right at his capture, and the movie's really, really well done. And the uh, lead actor who plays him does an amazing job. Um but the movie stops right at the part where he gets arrested. So it just, the movie just really just goes into depths of like how to, to like degenerate and filthy of a person this guy was. So yeah. if you're in the mood for something that will be truly upsetting, go find it on Shudder. It's called The Golden Glove. It is really, really good and really fucking gross. Nice. Do they actually show him murdering the, the women? They do. And oh, wow. like a lot of movies, <clears throat> like this is like to the like filmmakers credit, most movies will like, you'll like, someone will pick up like a, uh, a bottle and then they'll swing it at someone else's head and then there'll be a quick shot to that person falling on the ground. Right. Yes. And this movie like has like long, like four minute scenes, five minute scenes without cuts of him like grappling with people that he's having these horrible knockdown fights with. Oh. And it's, and like, it's one of the few like serial killer movies that in no way glorifies being a murderer. They just make him look like a disgusting piece of shit. Mm. 
which they all are. They're they, all disgusting pieces of shit. True. Wow. You know, now that you say that, the they totally glorified Ted Bundy in that one with uh, Zac Efron. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. That was crazy. I remember we were watching it and I was like, okay, are they going to show him actually killing a lady or... Are they just going to show him hot with his shirt off and his six pack? Like, what the, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, because like, I know that Ted Bundy's a piece of shit. And I also know that Zac Efron is a hot piece of ass. <laughs> and you're doing a disservice to the victims by portraying Ted Bundy with someone so sexy. Exactly. What are you doing here? Exactly. Come on, Netflix. He was not creepy in one, not one bit. That was just crazy. That tripped me out. They really glorified him big time. Yeah. It yeah, felt like they originally like wrote that story about a fictional serial killer and you were supposed to like guess the whole time whether he did or didn't do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like if the movie was about a fake, uh, like a fictional story and the audience didn't know who it was about, it'd be a really good movie. But we all fucking know Ted Bundy murdered a bunch of women. Yeah. What is this? What is the point of this movie? You know what? Maybe... I mean, obviously, I think it's terrible, but maybe they made him look that way. They made him seem so dreamy because it's through the eyes of his ex-girlfriend. I forgot her. I know her first name her is name, Liz. Yeah, Liz. Oh, that's a really interesting point. You know, so, you know, through her eyes, she's thinking like, oh, man, this guy's sexy. <laughs> you know, yeah. Zac Efron sexy. You know, so that's that the way she sees him. And that's why, you know, that kind of smile or that face, you know, will, you know, psych you out. You know, and it did, mm -hmm. and it psyched her out for a couple of years, right? That's so true. I want to see one with Zac Efron, and I want to see him creepy as fuck. You know, I want to <laughs> see him play that. You know, he did a good job, I guess, but like, it just didn't. I, like you said, if it was fake, then yeah. If that didn't really happen, then I then it was good. Don't ruin Zac Efron for me, please. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know that was just crazy. And then we have fucking. Charles Manson. <laughs> yeah, like for he, sure. He's a trip. That was a trip. I just pictured him dancing right now. <laughs> yep. I'm so glad that like Charles Manson looks as weird as he does because it makes it completely impossible for someone to play him sexy in a movie. Exactly. He was in a what was that show we were watching? Um, Mindhunter. Mindhunter. Yes, that dude really played him well. That actor did such an amazing job. You know, he played uh, Charles Manson twice, right? I heard that, actually. Was he in that other movie, too? Like, where... It... Yeah, he has that, like, one scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where he plays Charles Manson. Oh, okay. No, I'm confusing it with with another Charles, Charles Manson movie. But that's crazy. That's cool. Yeah, okay. and, like, apparently um, he did the role on Mindhunter the year before... And it spent months preparing for it and knocked it out of the park and then got the job with Tarantino and never told Tarantino that he had just finished playing Charles Manson already. Oh, oh shit. Man. He did really well. But, dude, um, Ed Kemper, oh my that, God, guy that guy was amazing. Oh, yeah. The guy playing Ed Kemper is a really fantastic actor. But, again, they make him too likable. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess that's how he was, though. He I mean, was. he was able to talk to cops like they were buddies. And, you know, he was he was apparently a really nice guy to everybody except for women. You know, so. Uh, yeah. It's except it's, for it's his mom specifically. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. I, um, we listen to My Favorite Murder, which is another true crime podcast kind of comedy. Mm -hmm. And um, I was listening to one where they were interviewing him. 
and he said he had no idea who Kemper was. He just kind of tried out for the role. He had no idea what to expect. He had to like do his research. And, and then he became, he totally became Ed Kemper. It's just so crazy how these, he, he taught his eyes how to be, you know, dead eyes or whatever you, they call it in the wow. industry. Shark eyes. He taught himself how to do that. And he, it's just, it's just crazy. It trips me out. Like I pictured the actor being a, not a fan, but just being very, um, what's the word? Well, it's familiar. such a convincing portrayal. Like, you'd think that he was a lot more familiar with true yeah. crime before he took the job. Yeah, apparently he had no idea who he was, and he just went for it, and he got a call back, and then he did it again and got another call back, and he got the part, and he fucking killed it, and it's just crazy. Man, I'm like, That's fantastic. I'm He's like, so good. Yeah, totally. I'm, like, fiending for another season of Mindhunter. If there is going to be. Oh, yeah, one. I'd really like that. I really like the way that it ended with the uh, the Atlanta child murders. Have you guys done any research into that? Yeah, well, I haven't. I would say I listened to the, the podcast where it's. Like, oh, uh, Atlanta Monster? Yes, that one. It's like yeah. a six episode thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, super interesting. They talk about all their different theories and like, you know, they get an interview with um Yeah, with him. It was really fascinating. And I really liked that the show. Um, left you with an ambiguous feeling about it. I felt like it was a very honest way of telling that story, you know? Agreed, yeah. Because till this day, they can't officially prove it. So it's like, so we're still like, oh my God, what's happening? Or what happened? And, you know, trying to figure it out. See, this is the type of shit Liz and I talk about all the time. Like, oh, this and that, this (laughs) and that. And it's so cool having a third person just to talk about it, you know, besides our cat who always has to listen. But it's cool, you know, talking to someone else who we don't talk to on a regular basis. And it's I forgot we were doing a podcast really quick because we were so into this, you know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I completely forgot. How long have we been talking already? (laughs) Dude, almost an hour, I think. That's crazy. Oh, my God. I've yeah. just been standing in my garage talking about murder and magic for an hour. <laughs> murder and magic. Oh, just, just another Tuesday. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it. I'd have been doing this whether I was on the phone with anybody or not. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds no, right. but, dude, thank you so much for making time for us and, you know, just seriously just making time because we know people are busy nowadays or just trying to trying to be busy with the quarantine shit and hopefully oh no no problem you guys are the absolute best oh yeah I, I love you guys everything you guys touch is fantastic and a ton of fun and i'm flattered you thought of me oh thank you so much we love you guys too big time and tell your mom hello for us hopefully we meet her sometime soon if she would like to Absolutely. share some stories have her contact us tell jackie we said hello um and take care please be safe thank you again for joining us and thank you for all your stories and just fucking bullshitting with us about magic and murder yep yep thank you so much for having me on you guys are the best and i hope you guys stay safe and have a million more great episodes We want to thank you for tuning in to our recent Scary Encounter with Hazy Chaos. We hope you enjoyed it. If you are not an artist or musician, but would like to share a scary encounter you've experienced, please contact us via email at hazy.chaos at yahoo.com for a chance to be featured on one of our close-to-home episodes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.